Another day, another deep dive, but also another day, another Scott Harris front office move. We have a new assistant GM in the Motor City. We're going to talk about that, and then we're going to do a player breakdown on Akil Badu. Struggled this year. A lot of people still have high hopes for coming off of a fantastic Rule 5 draft season. We're going to talk about those two things. Jam-packed episode today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers. Your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Wednesday, October 26th, 2022. Thank you for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Okay, we got a big day. Big day on Tuesday. Uh, I'm recording this in the middle of the afternoon Tuesday. I will throw that warning out there yet again. Uh, thankfully, Scott Harris has been really nice to, to me so far in the sense that a lot of these moves are happening in the late morning or early afternoon, well before I, I record my, my shows for the day in the off season. Right. So thankfully I'm not, I haven't got burned yet. I haven't been burned in, in the sense of him making a move after I record, but I know what's going to happen at some point this off season. And I'm trying to just hold out hope and, and make it last as long as possible that it's not anytime soon. But we do have another pretty big, like pretty substantial addition to this front office. Um, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Rob Metzler is your new assistant GM and vice president for your Detroit Tigers. Uh, Metzler was the senior director of amateur scouting with the Rays and has been with the Rays for a long time, for a year. I want to say it was... Was it 15 years with the Rays alone? 14 years with the Rays alone? It, it's a it's a long time. Okay. And lately, since and he hasn't been the director of amateur scouting that entire time, but I think with the organization, he's been there for a while. Uh, since he was the senior director of amateur scouting with the Tampa Bay Rays, I believe Chris Brown of Woodward Sports tweeted out and, and was the first to really make it public, but he has the eighth highest drafted war, like war accumulated through the amateur draft every season in all of baseball uh, in, in his tenure with the Rays with that position. That's a fantastic sign because not only is that just, okay, we're getting a top eight-ish, it's not that black and white, obviously, but we're, we're getting a guy who who has drafted a top had a top eight draft resume in his tenure there, but also the Rays don't pick at the top of the draft, right? This is this is a, an organization that we're talking about down in Tampa that is consistently drafting at least in the early twenties, if not later, pretty much year in and year out. So that's a fantastic sign. It's awesome. It's awesome. And I love this move. And I think everybody kind of looks at it and just goes, oh, Tampa Bay Rays. Well, <laughs> that's, that's got to be a good thing. And while I don't want to just be that simple about it and be that plain about it, th- like there is something to be said for that. that that's a elite front office they have down there. If you get anybody from 
the Dodgers are from the Rays front office. You're you're sitting pretty most of the time, but that that's a guy with a prominent role in the Rays front office. That's not just you know uh, an assistant director of of something down low and and is getting a promotion and we're taking a shot on him. Like no, this is a, a dude that's had a prominent position in the Rays front office. And obviously we're we did the same thing to him that we did with Scott Harris and the Giants, right? Technically, this is a promotion for him. Assistant GM, that's a promotion. And what will he do? What will his role be? Again, assistant GM, not general manager. So that position is still vacant. We'll get into that conversation in a second. Um, but it, it the cool thing about assistant GMs is you can have A, as many as you want. Every team can have a different number and does have a different number of assistant GMs. And B, they can be the top of whatever pyramid you kind of want them to be. So like, for instance, Rob Metzler will come in and he will immediately be the top dog when it comes to scouting. Now, we also have a vacancy at his old position with the Rays, right? We also have a vacancy at director of amateur scouting. But Metzler is going to immediately step in and be the the, the top dog. So whoever is hired as the director of amateur scouting for the Detroit Tigers, whoever is brought in to fill that role, they will, in theory, report to Rob Metzler. So that's your guy. When it comes to amateur scouting, when it comes to, and the big thing, he is also at the top of the food chain for, for I almost just said the same thing, for international scouting. So all things scouting related, Rob Metzler is your man. That is the top of the food chain. That's the top of the pyramid. That is the guy you point to and go, you have the responsibilities of pretty much everything scouting related. Now, he will obviously bring in an am, a, head, a director of amateur scouting. I'm sure he will bring in more help in the international side of things as well. Uh, but this is a dude with a great track record, a great resume, and has been at close to the forefront of scouting for one of the most advanced front offices in the sport. Hard to hard to see a downside with this one as well. We, we, we're having a lot of fun. We're really excited. Obviously, time is the only thing that will really tell the true story with a lot of these hires. But when you're just looking at resume and what he's bringing over, Hard not to be really pumped about it. So that is your new addition to the Tigers front office. Now we still have a vacancy at general manager. Uh, and Scott Harris talked to the media today after, well, Tuesday, after the hire of Metzler and, and said that he still fully plans on bringing in a general manager. Um, however, they are very early on in that process. Does not sound like that's something that's going to happen anytime immediately it's going to happen relatively soon you don't want to go the entire offseason without a general manager but it seems to be that uh that that the addition of general manager is not something that's going to happen tomorrow either it seems like we're still a little bit away he hasn't even started the interview process he said according to Cody Stavenhagen of the athletic so really fun really exciting stuff I'm really pumped like I said he will oversee amateur and international scouting and so technically that is a promotion, even though that was right in his wheelhouse with the Rays as well. That's a great way to poach somebody. Like I said, we did it with Scott Harris. We kind of went over that during the, the Scott Harris introductory episode. Um, and yeah, I, I think that 
this is something that a lot of people should be really excited about. The other thing that's noteworthy within the scouting side of things is that Scott Harris admitted that he was pretty impressed with some of the scouting departments within the Tigers organization that are already put in place. So he also said, he's like, I don't want to make it look like I'm cleaning house. Okay. Well, (laughs) I guess we don't have to call it that, but uh, with that comment, again, he did bring up the fact that he really liked the, the pro scouting side of things. And that's uh, Scott Bream and Sam Menzen. Sam Menzen, we knew was going to stick around. He's been pretty talked about at, at a pretty high level and been pretty highly regarded for the last several seasons and, and has worked his way up through. I mean, people talked about Menzen even potentially taking over as the general manager. I don't think that's going to happen, but a guy that comes with a pretty high pedigree. So those guys, it appears, will stick around and will be on the, uh, the, the pro scouting side of things. Tom Moore is another guy in the Tigers front office. He's the director of international operations. He will, uh, it sounds like, according to, again, Cody Stavenhagen of The Athletic is all over everything, always uh, says that Tom Moore will likely remain within the organization as well. So it, Scott Harris is really just going through, having conversations with all of these guys and, and all of these departments and getting a feel for what he thinks is working, who he thinks can be a part of the future. And if you don't fit under that bill, and if he doesn't leave that those conversations feeling like you're part of this team going forward, then it's time to reassign you to a lesser role or cut ties altogether. And that's what we've seen time and time again so far already this offseason. So really, really excited. I think everybody should be really excited about this. Uh, Scott Harris uh, also talked about the fact that he was really excited to talk to the fans and the media and stuff about his plans for the offseason. Sounds like he wants to get through. There's some GM meetings uh, in November that he wants to get through before he really starts making his attack attack plan public. So that we have uh, on the horizon, right? I mean, next week is November. So that is uh, right around the corner. We'll have some conversations when it comes to that. I think this is just a really exciting time. And again, time will tell. We, We won't know who's really working and if this whole thing is really going to work and probably for a couple of seasons, to be honest with you, but optically early on in this process, I don't know how it's really possible to not look at all these changes happening and all these moves making and go, yeah, you know, I'm kind of, I don't really like this. I think that's really hard to do. This is a really exciting time. And there you go. New assistant general manager, new I mean, de facto head of scouting. We can just call it what it is, even though it's an assistant GM role. He, his assistant GM-ness will be in the scouting side of things. Really pumped. Really pumped. Very, very excited at, at this present moment. I, I think this is a great move, and I think everybody should be pretty pleased. So there you go. Let's get into Akil Badu, player breakdown. Uh, but first, I got to tell you all about our friends over at Simply Safe. As everyone knows, Athletes rise and fall in the ranks, but when it comes to saving money, Simply Safe always stays on top. And right now, you can save big with Simply Safe Home Security. They're giving listeners forty percent off their advanced security system. Simply Safe was just named the best home security of 2022 by U.S. News. I use it. I love it. You'll love it too. Because at Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. With 24/7 professional monitoring. When a threat is detected, Simply Safe's monitoring professionals 
promptly contact you and dispatch first responders to your home, even if you're away or, or unable to respond. 24-7 professional monitoring costs under $1 a day. That's less than half the cost of ADT's traditional professional installed plans. Simply Safe blankets your home with protection with advanced sensors from every room, window, and door, HD security cameras from inside and outside your home, smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Their monitoring experts use proprietary response technology to visualize and visually confirm when a break-in is real so you can get the highest priority police dispatch. Don't miss the chance to save big when you protect your home with the best. Get 40% off of your order when you visit simplysafe.com slash MLB today. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes. That's simplysafe.com slash MLB today. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment two of the Locked On Tigers podcast. Thank you all. Appreciate each and every one of y'all for tuning in every day. Uh, available wherever you get your podcasts, including the YouTube. Okay, so we're talking Akil Badu now that we have gotten the uh, house cleaning. And and uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? I guess just news and notes. I guess that's the phrase I was thinking of. From... Uh, the Detroit Tigers organization with their front office changes. So let's get into Akil Badu, his player breakdown. Obviously a really rough year for Badu. 2021, the hype could not have been higher. Uh, he was taken in the Rule 5 draft via the Minnesota Twins in December of, what is that, 2020, I guess. Well, I don't think it was because of COVID. I think they pushed it back. Whatever. The offseason of 2021 to 2020. 2020 to 2021, goodness gracious, uh, they took Akil Badu, and he was absolutely phenomenal in 2021. Uh, started off really hot, then cooled down a little bit in May, and then made a ton of adjustments, and the remainder of the season was phenomenal. And I could cannot say enough good things about his 2021 season. I, I mean, truly, this is a guy that went out there and had a really solid walk rate, was hitting the ball pretty hard at times what had the clutch factor going for him was it solid enough defender I'm not going to say he was like a plus defender but he was good enough and really just for a dude that had never played minor league ball at even double a or higher when he was taken in the rule five draft to come in and put up a two win season in 2021 hit a 1.9 f4 Unbelievable stuff. 436 slugging percentage, 330 on base percentage, a walk rate of just a hair under 10%, strikeout net rate of 26.5, a little bit high, uh, ISO of 177, really solid, 13 homers. Uh, I mean, he was, I mean, 18 stolen bases. Like he was just the man. He was fantastic. Really good base running numbers as well, even outside of uh, stolen bases. He was unreal. And going into one of the things that I was very wrong about, and there's still time for me to actually in the long run kind of be somewhat right about it. But one of the things I was super wrong about was how good this outfield was going to be in 2022. And again, I'm going to make a whole episode highlighting all the takes that I was just flat out incorrect about. And then probably, I don't even know if I'll do one about things I was right about, but um, 
one of the things that I was very wrong about was how good this outfield was going to be in 2022. Once we got Austin Meadows, I thought the ceiling for this outfield, and this was once Riley Green came back as well, was had a ceiling of being one of the better outfields in the American League and therefore being one of the ish better outfields in the game of baseball. And I also was speaking more long-term just because Badu, Green, and Meadows all have a lot of years of control left. So I didn't necessarily mean, you know, in June of 2022 they would be, and that's how some people took it and, and whatever, and that's fine. But I, I I still, I mean, objectively, that, that didn't happen this year, right? Akil Badu really struggled. We know what happened with Austin Meadows and Riley Green. While he was one of our better hitters, that, that's really not saying much. He still wasn't absolutely, you know, jaw-dropping fantastic either. And we'll talk about him in the player breakdown too. But Badu just never found his footing this season. And there's a couple of good things that I still think you can take out of this and a couple of adjustments that I think he can make to get back to at least some semblance of what he was before and hopefully just take another step forward. I mean, the plan is still... For him, I think the the it would still be great if he could build off of 2021 and get even better than a two-win player. But this season with a negative 0.2 F war, just negative pretty much across the board in every category. A 204 batting average, a 289 on base percentage, uh, paired with a 269 slugging percentage. And that's where a lot of it really comes crumbling down. Had some injury problems early in the season too. Maybe that has something to do with it, but I mean, this is a guy that got healthy, demoted, right? Like, like was completely healthy and got demoted down to AAA. And then hit pretty well for a little bit there in AAA. Got called back up maybe for the first week, I want to say, after got called back up. People were like, oh, Badu looks a little bit better. And then just kind of right back to the well of, of the first half of the season. Just never found his footing. Three total home runs, seven stolen bases. Now... The one thing that I think is still important to – he had nine stolen bases and two home runs. Sorry, I was reading his AAA numbers. The one thing that I think is important to highlight is that the walk rate was still solid. And that is the biggest thing I took from 2021. My favorite thing about Akil Badu was that as a young dude, as a young player who – had never played even, uh, again, double or triple A baseball at the time of us taking him, he walked at a pretty respectable rate. Like I said, just under a 10% walk rate in 2021. And this season in 73 games had a 10.7% walk rate still. I mean, if, if you're a daily listener, first off, thank you. But second off, you understand that that is like double, even triple some of the dudes that got a lot of playing time on this team. There's a lot of players that had walk rates of three, three and a half, four, five, five, three. We did not walk as a team. It was dreadful. And you need that to be somewhat respectable at the plate. And so... The strikeout rate was high, 28.4%, really high. He had no power. We'll get into that a little bit after our second ad break here. But the one redeeming quality that he still maintained this season was that he still walked at a pretty darn respectable clip. And I'm hoping 
that that can translate into still putting up a a respectable season going forward and kind of getting back on the horse. I I hope that that's something that we can look at and go, okay, it's not like he was chasing everything and and whatnot. It just, again, with a lot of these dudes, same problem, just couldn't hit the ball in the strike zone for some reason. And we'll get into some of the underlying numbers here after the break, but at least something, he had still a, a really solid walk rate at the major league level had it even better, like significantly better, almost 15% in AAA this season with only 30 games, but he's still drawing walks. He's still patient. It's just a matter of being able to hit the ball inside the strike zone again, <laughs> as simple as that sounds. Okay. We'll get into more of Akuba do his breakdown, his future with the team right after this. What is up everybody? Third and final segment here, Locked on Tigers. So we're talking about Kilbadu. Solid walk numbers still. Um, unfortunately, that's kind of where the conversation ends with his strong, I mean, sprint speed. Like the dude has wheels. That's something that has always been a thing. It's low levels of the minors last year, this year. Really good sprint speed. Outs above average is pretty middle of the pack. He was a pretty... Eh, almost net zero defender, kind of all around, depending on which outfield position he played, which is fine. If you're hitting well, I'm okay with, you know, putting a dude that's really fast, has the athleticism to be able to cover a lot, a lot of ground uh, and, and can hopefully continue stay, taking steps forward as a defender. But uh, offensively, as we've already said, just really a dreadful season. Now, some of the underlying numbers here are weird to me. And first and foremost, just the inability to hit a curveball this season. I don't know what happened, but last year he crushed curveballs specifically. He crushed. Okay. Last season he had a 313 batting average and a 531 slugging percentage against curveballs. He saw 164 of them. And absolutely destroyed them all. A 20% hard hit rate on the curveball. He dominated the curveball. Had a run value of plus seven. Easily the highest of any pitch that he faced in 2021. This year it was zero. And that was still the best of any pitch. All negatives for every other pitch. Um, I mean, four seam fastballs. That's where a lot of this conversation starts and ends. An expected batting average of 212 against the four-seam fastball and an expected slug of 323. And it's tough. K percentage of 29% on a four-seam fastball. Really struggled against the changeup mightily. 152 batting average against that. A 107 batting average and a 107 slug against the slider that means that he did not have an extra base hit against the slider all season saw it 134 times tough really tough so obviously the biggest thing is just getting back to I I mean all the pitches are not good so I guess the biggest thing well like hit all pitches better I guess that's not really great analysis but I'm just trying to highlight like last season this was a, a, a guy who was a plus hitter against the sinker, a massive plus against the, the curveball, as we said, a massive plus against the splitter. 
uh, was net zero against the changeup, was a plus one against the slider. And then this year, it just all came crumbling down. Another interesting dumb word, another kind of fascinating, honestly, stat to look at is just what he's been doing with the ball when it's put in play, like what part of the field it goes to. And the straight up, hitting the ball straight up the middle, that number was about the same, down a percentile, but, you know, ish in the same ballpark, no pun intended. The pull percentage went down 3%, and the opposite field percentage went up four over 4% late on a lot more pitches. And I don't know if that's just they were pounding him outside because it was a weakness or whether he genuinely was just not seeing the ball as well this year and was later on a lot of pitches. But that's alarming to me. The fact that he went from last season by far the, the least amount, right? Like these were his splits to each side of the field in 2021. 37.4% pull, 36.1% straight up, and only 265 to the opposite field. This season, 34.3% pull percentage, 35% straight up and a 30.7 opposite field just a lot later on everything uh was popping out way more and that's again probably the also the biggest thing about comparing these two seasons he got under almost seven percent more pitches and his pop-up rate almost doubled (laughs) like it legitimately almost doubled that's not great so I think a lot of it has to do with that because his K numbers, they, they went up a little bit, but they didn't go up, you know, five, 7%. Like the K number went up just under 2%. But all of the balls that he put in play did significantly less damage. We've already talked about the slugging percentage was brutal this season, got under a ton of pitches, was late on a ton of pitches. And I think that that has a lot to do with with so are those adjustments that can be made hopefully but we also have to remember last season was the first time this dude faced anything higher than high single a pitching and it was great and you hope that he would build off of it and obviously that that it's a disappointing season but maybe a comeback to earth a little bit not to this extreme but a little bit of a comeback to earth moment was probably expected to some extent so hopefully we have one good season, one bad season. Hopefully we just net zero, fresh start, new coaches, new front office, new developmental team. We send Badu out there and he can take some steps forward in 2023. I think that's the hope. As far as his future with the team, he will be back in some capacity. Now, what capacity is what I think the debate really is. But when you're talking about dudes that aren't going to be on the team anymore, that conversation doesn't really involve Akil Badu. He still has so much team control left and whatnot. He'll be back. This is a, a solid 70 to 75% chance that he'll be back somewhere in that range. Uh, leaving, again, a little bit of a, a new leadership Scott Harris effect moment there at the top. But, again, this is a dude that has pretty respectable walk numbers as well and so I I think that there's still a lot you can develop and he still has all the tools right like last season for instance he didn't consistently hit the ball hard his hard hit rate throughout the season was actually pretty low uh one of one of the lower uh, amongst regulars in the game of baseball but the max exit velocity was really high and the sprint speed is really high those are fun tools to have 
You don't see too often players that hit the ball, have the ability to crush the ball really hard and be one of the faster players in the game of baseball. So I think that there's still a lot of potential for him. I think there's still a lot of room to grow. I think that he can get back on the horse and be really solid again. I, when his swing is on, there are a few that are, that are prettier. Like just optically speaking, I, I mean, he has a beautiful swing when it is on. And this season, it was just brutal. And so I, I think just th- there is some, there is a way to get him back to, to what we were used to seeing in 2021. And uh, if that walk rate stays where it's at, the strikeout rate can, can get cut down a little bit and we can just get some more power. Uh, if we can just do all of those things, right? I know that sounds ridiculous, but I really do think that th- there's still a lot of potential within him. So he'll be back. Now, the conversation of what role next season is I think the biggest conversation surrounding Badu going into 2023. Um, I think you probably want him to be your fourth outfielder. Um, Now, if you're worried about development, you want to get him some more legit playing time, then maybe you start him off in triple a, maybe that's, maybe that's the route you take. And then once he's in Toledo, he'll get consistent playing time can get some confidence back up, you know, and, and then when needed can make his return to the majors. But I don't know, man, I, 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 I think that where he stands currently, I think he'd be a really solid fourth outfielder playing, I don't know, 60 to 80 games, maybe more, maybe you give more days off to the other three outfielders you have, but Riley Green and Austin Meadows are taking two of those. Kerry Carpenter's in some sort of conversation for corner outfield. I'm not saying it's a prominent one. We talked about that yesterday. And I still think that in a perfect world, you still bring in another outfielder from the outside. I I don't know. I think he's right on the cusp there of legitimate, like everyday middle of the lineup, like one of the best players you have in Toledo or fourth outfielder and you find a way to get your fourth outer outfielder somewhat consistent playing time. I think that's where a lot of people stand with Badu, and I think that's where the organization stands with Badu. But he will be back, and I still think there's a lot to be excited about with him. Just everything that could have gone wrong this season for the Detroit Tigers did, and he was part of that group, unfortunately. I think that's all I got. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day. Uh, check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast for your second listen. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts, just like us. Um, Yeah, I think that's all I got. Really exciting times. Really exciting times. Bringing in some some very smart people, some very highly regarded people to lead this team in the future. And I'm really pumped about it. You should be pumped too. And the outfield is a huge question mark for this team going forward. I'm really pumped to to listen to what Scott Harris has to say about the direction and and kind of the areas of focus. Very excited. Very excited. Exciting times. After a not very exciting season, some exciting times right now. We'll take it. Peace and love. Going to therapy is dope. And I will catch you all tomorrow. Go Tigers, baby.